On the Grindhouse Girls podcast, we discuss all things spoopy, scary, and strange. Some content may be disturbing or graphic in nature. Listener discretion is advised. yet but this is sidetracks <laughs> yay it was grindhouse girls podcast but this is our sidetracks episode episodes yes just in case you guys think we're changing the title of the podcast we are not we are not <laughs> just 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 that part which is why on the the art for it i tried to put our logo in the corner because i tried to do it with our regular logo and it looked really weird i don't know y'all tell me if it feels too weird or if you like this one better because we've toyed with changing the logo because like we pretty much just made it i made it on like not microsoft paint but like basically like the fancier version of that i just kind of it was something quick that i came up with but now i'm like maybe we could do something prettier now that i've discovered canva it's easier to make things prettier but let us know and we hope you enjoyed last time's episode how are you brett i'm okay um we are about to as of today we are recording on august 31st and so as you guys know most places we head into third day weekends for labor day weekend so usually shit gets crazy at any job and i feel like that's normal um so Yeah. yeah just surviving the weekend katie knows this i have a lot of close loved ones to have birthdays in august and even tomorrow's our good friends my you know stephanie's birthday's birthday tomorrow september 1st so happy it's like birthday stephanie happy birthday steph or at this point happy belated birthday steph yes so you know it just feels like there's a lot to keep up with it's not necessarily bad just a lot <laughs> but what about you i feel that my work it's it, everyone i feel like has gone a little loony it's the end of the month which for me at my job is always insane and it's been particularly chaotic because of some stupid stuff but it's almost spooky season so i'm excited about that um i'm having an iced pumpkin spice latte that i made at home Mm. with some almond milk and some syrup those skinny girl syrups i highly recommend them they're sugar-free and they taste really good um i think pumpkin spice lattes are out at starbucks and i think at duncan as well so yay but i've actually been having a lot of dog mom stress because gizmo had an incident that was not his fault a few months ago where this man who didn't have his dog on a leash and wasn't i couldn't see him when I was taking Gizmo for a walk, it was a very big dog, but it was a puppy. But it was it was as big as Riley, who is a Ooh. big boy. Yeah. And he was a puppy. You could tell, like, his face just looked very young. But it was like a Mastiff mix. And when the guy came around 
from his car in the driveway and I could see him, I thought he would take his dog inside. Instead, he grabbed his dog by the collar and walked him straight up to me and Gizmo and just kind of shoved his dog in Gizmo's face. And Gizmo freaked out and barked at them until they left. And ever since then, Gizmo has like barked at dogs and people that are like across the street and gone a little feral. And I know that dachshunds are supposedly like the second most aggressive breed out there, which I did not know that when I got Gizmo, but I knew that I had only met either very sweet or very assholey dachshunds. I'd never met like, I didn't really like know anything else about it. But it's been hard this week because I, you know, sometimes he's fine. And like today he literally went past a lady working in her garden and he was very friendly and sweet. And she was like, oh, he's so cute. We crossed the street down the road at the end of the street, walked back that way and he went feral. And I'm just like, I don't know what to, like, it's something I'm, I'm like, we're just having to work on. But it makes yeah. me mad because he never, I mean, you know, he's played with your dogs before. And other than getting a little toy aggressive, like, twice, he's been very chill. And he usually plays well with others. So I don't know if it's, but it's like if they're across the room and he doesn't know them, he barks at them. And I just, I mean, I know he's supposed to be like a, an alert dog. That's what they're bred to be. But I'm like, it's not cute if you're screaming at everybody because they don't know that you're actually very sweet you just sound like you want to eat them yeah and you're also too tiny to be that angry because like you might do that to the wrong dog who will eat you you know so it's a journey he hasn't really done anything bad i mean he hasn't like bit anybody or anything but he's just I don't know. It's something we're going to have to work on. And I'm very mad at that man for, like, it's just not how you introduce dogs. Yeah. You know. PSA. Sorry, I didn't mean to go on a rant about that. But it's been, like, it's been very hard because he is a sweet dog. And I've never wanted to have a dog that is aggressive. And he, again, hasn't attacked anybody. But he sounds like he wants to when he barks. Because that's how dachshunds sound. And... It's something like he's just, we just have to train him out of. I don't know. I've tried the positive reinforcement. I might have to do the getting a little, he doesn't like water. So I'm like, maybe I can get like a squirt bottle, but I don't want to do that. But I don't know. Yeah. Y'all, if you guys have any idea how to get your barky dog to not bark aggressively, please let me know because I'm just like, at my wit's end because he needs to go outside and take walks but it's becoming like a nightmare and he's so tiny you wouldn't think it would be that big of a deal but he is like strong for how tiny he is but he's great on walks with like my parents dog like i don't know it's a weird thing maybe i'm not being zen enough you know yeah that's hard i you know it's funny because just with my two dogs there if someone approaches the house they go crazy but other than that they're pretty chillax now they are both very different personality types mabel is very sweet but she's very anxious and riley just is like doesn't know a stranger so if we're walking them around kids mabel won't bite but if like someone tries to pet mabel she like gets up behind me because she tries to essentially hide from them but riley's like please Please pet me, please. Yeah, and see, Gizmo has no fear, and yeah. that's that's how they're bred. And so it's like, and again, Gizmo was like rehomed to me because he had too much energy for his original family. He wasn't aggressive because he's a puppy, but he just had so much energy they couldn't handle him. And so, like, I literally heard about him on a Friday and got him on a Sunday. Yeah. So like, 
it wasn't like I didn't like think it through and like what breed of dog do I want what are the pros and the cons I mean Brett can attest as a puppy sweetest little thing in the world and with like people he barks when people come to the door but it's like an excited bark if he knows them but I mean it's okay if he wants to bark at people inside the house you know I am trying to work on like a signal for quiet so like once he's barked enough he can stop but that's been fun. So that's, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to figure out how to make my dog chill out a little bit. But he's a dachshund, so it might be impossible. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do have some housekeeping. Not anything big. But last time, I just wanted to clarify because I was reading some stuff on the Don't Worry Darling drama. And BuzzFeed had an article about it. And... They were saying that apparently Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles were dating before they started filming. Mm. But then other articles were saying they started dating during the filming. But then some people were saying that Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde's kids and he came to the set and like toured it. But then the BuzzFeed article made it sound like the real problem was that he served her custody papers on set. And he didn't know that they were going to go on set. He just knew she was going to be served with papers. I'm just saying this is all rumors and speculations and from other sources than obviously the first person. So please take what we said with a grain of salt. What I said because it's rumors. But I just find it interesting that Florence Pugh is, like, distancing herself. But I will say more people were... She's been more vocal about the fact that they're minimizing the movie to... Or, I'm sorry, reducing the movie. She's more upset about them reducing the movie to the sex scene between her and Harry Styles. Yeah. Which does seem very reductive and creepy, you know? From the trailer, it's like you're you just talking from the trailers POV, like the way they depict it in the trailer, or just well, like well, apparently everyone's just obsessed with it. Yeah, and she's upset about it because she's like, you're reducing the whole film to one scene. Yeah, and that's very rude, and I'm not cool with that. And I get that because like if you work on a whole movie and you do one scene and everyone's just like, oh, it's a sex scene, that's all we want to see. I'm like, that's kind of bullshit. The other thing was. I had said, okay, so I'm still watching Kingdom. I watched another episode last night, and oh my gosh, very tense. There was a wagon that was trying to beat the zombies to a fort, and it was very tense. I was getting like, like how you feel the first time you watch The Walking Dead before you realize no one's going to die for like several seasons um, because they want to keep the show going forever yeah but it was like it was very tense it was very intense and very good and i really really liked it but apparently okay so from how wikipedia said it the woman who's expecting a child sounded like she was the legitimate heir to the throne compared to the crown prince who is technically illegitimate and her child is going to be the king's grandchild. But then Ryan texted me and said that actually it's the stepmom. So I don't know if I misunderstood or if Wikipedia got something wrong. Because I swear I looked it up on Wikipedia just to figure it out. And I thought she had called him brother Mm. at some point. So it might be that she's just the stepmom. So I don't know. Either one makes sense. It doesn't really matter either way. 
Yeah. Interesting. But um, do you want to talk about House of the Dragon? Oh, God. Uh, yeah. I guess. Or do you want to do you want to lead up to it? Which, um, what do you want to do? Either, either or. I'm good. Um, either or. Whatever you want to do. It just depends. I. That's the only. I have more movie news this week than stuff I've watched. I'll be honest with you guys. I kind of feel there's some weeks where I'll watch like a new movie every night. Like five days in a row. And then there's other weeks yeah. where I fall into the routine of The Office and Game of Thrones as my comfort shows and I kind of repeat them and that was what happened this past week except for Dance of the Dra- or Dance of the Dragons Jesus except for the House of the Dragon that's the only kind of new thing I watched so it just depends Katie all the if dragons you- yeah all the dragons all the time um it just depends if you want to start there because I know you watched a lot more than I did or if you want to lead up to it well we could start with the House of the Dragon I think maybe some of the things I watched you've already seen so yeah maybe we can both talk about them if not we'll keep it some of some things i watched were very stupid and i just want to tell you about them if you want to laugh yeah but let's start with house of dragon because house of dragon house of the dragon house of the dragon which if you didn't know is the quote-unquote prequel it's a prequel to game of thrones based on fire and blood yep which is the history of the Targaryen house pre-Daenerys Targaryen. Yeah. Do they even get to Daenerys in Fire and Blood? I think at the very end of the book, they're leading, they lead up to Mad King's Ares. You know what? I can actually, no, I won't check it. I want to say it leads up to Mad King's Ares. So it starts, Fire and Blood does start with Aegon's Conquest, which is Aegon and his Which is what wives. I wanted to see. Yeah. And they don't start there, which annoys me a little bit. Yeah. Unless they go back in season two and are like, here's this. Another recommended reading, if you guys are really interested in, you know, obviously the original Game of Thrones series is um, A Song of Ice and Fire. It's what the actual series is named. It's pretty good. It is. And there is... It's a lot. Yeah. And there's a... um, There's like a... It's almost like a huge coffee table book. And it's called... um, I wanted to look it up as I ran into my living room. It's The World of Ice and Fire. And The World of Ice and Fire goes over all the Targaryen kings. But also go over... It goes over like Bran the Builder and like basically like the Long yes. Night. So yeah, it's more of like the entire history. So if you're more is- interested in the entire history of Westeros, I recommend the World of Ice and Fire. If you're more specifically interested in Targaryens, I recommend Fire and Blood. But yeah, but it's interesting because they do mention uh, the Dance of Dragons a few times throughout Game of Thrones and specifically season five, episode nine, which is one of my favorite episodes is actually called the Dance of Dragons. Which one is that one? It is the one. What happens in that so, episode? So spoiler alert, guys. Um, It's the one where spoilers. Sh- yeah, spoilers, spoilers uh, for Game of Thrones. We should say that for this whole series is that we're, we'll have minor spoilers at least, but we'll try to warn you before yeah. we go into major spoilers. So this is the fifth season of Game of Thrones and as you guys know episode 9 was are always the big episodes of Game of Thrones. So like in the first yes. season it's Baylor, and the third season is the Reigns of Castamere which is the Red Wedding. Fourth season the Watchers on the Wall which is Egret Dime. Fifth season, episode nine. Oh, uh, big spoilers, Britt. I know. Like, I'm just <laughs> saying, like, we're going to rattle them off. Uh, fifth season, uh. episode nine had, to me, one of the most devastating moments in the entire series. And it's backed with one of the most, I guess, inspirational moments in the entire series. So Shireen Baratheon is burned. And Shireen mm. is a child. Mm-hmm. And she's burned at the stake. And she's yep. she cries out for her mom. And her mom, who's yep. kind of like a raging cunt, even is like, we're doing the and wrong thing. And a religious fanatic. Yeah. And so 
But that's coupled with we see Daenerys kind of embrace her destiny and her lineage, and she climbs atop Drogon and rides out of the fighting pits. And it's her first time. Oh on Drogon. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So I always forget about that one because it happens at the end. Yeah, I and still. I always I- think about the season where she says Dracarys for the first time. Oh, that's season the one that three. always makes yeah. me think like. Fuck yeah, Daenerys. Yeah, Valerian's, Valerian's my mother's tongue. Yeah, that is one of the yeah. baddest ass moments of the entire series. It's pretty badass. It is. But I cry every fucking time she climbs on top of Drogon. I cry every time I watch that episode. It, it felt, that was another big slap in the face by the end of the series, I think, as a fan of the show. But anyway, so we, in the House of the Dragon, the Targaryens are kind of like slowly after their golden age, and so most of the Targaryens, they are dragon riders, unless you have like Viserys, uh-huh. who Balerion was Aegon, the Conqueror's dragon, and he dies. Balerion's a very old dragon. He dies like shortly, probably before the series begins. Uh-huh. So yeah, so it's really cool to see like all these Targaryens, they have their dragons, they're like at the height of all their glory, but with that being said, and this is a major spoiler Spoiler, this is kind of like the beginning of the end for the Targaryens because of the events that happen during this war, this civil war between them. Right. Which they say, like, at the beginning, there's a little bit of, like, a, like, there's a little bit of narration, like, a little bit Galadriel from, um... Lord of the Rings, but not quite. I wish they'd gone full Lord of the Rings and shown the Dance of Dragons, Aegon's Conquest, first. But they do a little bit where they're like, so this Targaryen king didn't have any male heirs because all of his sons died. And so he asked the seven kingdoms to choose between his male nephew Oh, grandchild? Was no, it a grandchild yeah, or it's his. Yeah, it's his sex. So it's his second son's son. Okay. Yeah, so, so grandchild. So grandchildren. Mm-hmm. So two two different grandchildren. Yeah. And one is one is a male and one is a female. Mm-hmm. And Viserys and R- Rhaenerys? Uh, Viserys and Rhaenys. Rhaenys, okay. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, like, they have very similar names. They do. Because they do. they're Targaryens. Are just like a little bit different, which is fine. Um, so Rainey's and Viserys, and Rainey's seems like she would be a good leader at first. I don't know, we haven't seen that much of her, but she seems very strong. But because she's a lady, they're like, nope, Viserys. And Viserys, I will say, unlike the other Viserys, uh, who was an asshole, mm-hmm. right? That was Danny's old yeah, brother, Viserys, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I was, I was like, I was like, right? Uh, sometimes again, they. There are a lot of, like, recycled names in this one because a lot of people in A Song of Ice and Fire are named after their long-dead they relatives. are. So, yeah, so there's, like, if you're ever looking on the wiki of Ice and Fire or anything, there's, like, three different Rhaenys, there's, like, three different Daenerys, there's multiple Aegons, so, like, <laughs> there's a lot of them. But at least he's, like, he's, like, a good Viserys. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, the, he reminds me of Robb Stark. Oh, in more ways than one, huh? Yes, especially after episode two. Yeah, but like I like he means well. He's a nice person. He's a good person. But the crown weighs heavy on his head, and I don't know if he's got the strength to deal with everything. Because and the good thing is he like very much wants peace, which is something Renera, his daughter also does want which is why i'm very much team renera um more than i was team daenerys because she seems to be more of a peacekeeper at least right now yeah she seems to be pretty level-headed like because she does spoiler in 
episode two, use her her dragon, Syrax, yep. to keep the peace because basically her uncle Damon, which is like, you mean Uncle Damon? 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 Yeah. Who's played by Matt Smith, who was, you know, one of the Doctor Who's, who is, does a really good job. He's very good. He's very, like, very multidimensional. And I like that. He's not just like, he's he's kind of the Peter Baelish oh. a little bit, but not quite so cunning. I wouldn't say he's ah. quite so cunning, but I, he's a little bit like... Oh, and see, I feel or like... Or would you say he's more of a... I feel like Otto Hightower is really the Peter Baelish of this. Well, no, I think he's more of a Varus. <sighs> but I haven't read the book, so this is just from the first two episodes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know where they're going with everything, so I could yeah. be different. But, like, he's kind of a villain, but he's not really a bad guy. So maybe he's more like... What was the... Stannis. Maybe yeah. he's not like Stannis Baratheon. But he's not as tragic as Stannis is. And he's not as... Yeah, and that's the thing, like, with... And sorry, so we just started the second season of Game of Thrones for, like, the eighth time. And so, like, going, <laughs> going back to Stannis again, I'm like, oh, Stannis. Like, you know, I okay, I won't go into that. But no, I'm just like, you brought well, Stannis, yeah. so... <laughs> well, no, but I'm trying to figure out, I'm like, who, if you've seen Game of Thrones, who would you, like, equate him to? And I guess Stannis is probably... I can't. Well, Stannis yeah, is like I, don't a second son. I don't think I don't think that you're wrong with Stannis because he is the second son behind a ruler. Yeah. But he's kind of more brash, like Well, Daemon's more charismatic too. Yeah, like the other Baratheon that Ringling. Um, thank you. I was yeah. like that tall lady was in love with and who got killed by a shadow yeah. from uh, <laughs> M- uh Melisandre's vagina shadow. Yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> if you don't know anything, it's a weird show, guys, guys but it's a good one. If you don't know anything about Game of Thrones, you guys are probably like, what the fuck is happening? Damon's more brash, and so Damon is trying to bait them at Dragonstone, which we all remember because Daenerys came back to Dragonstone, but it's like in a tight. And he's trying to bait them, and Rhaenyra is like, this is going to end badly. My dad can't go because it's too dangerous because he's the king. So she just shows up on Syrax, but like she doesn't like do anything. But also, what is the dragon that Damon has? Because he wasn't supposed to have a dragon, oh. right? Oh, it's no, it's Caraxes. So oh, the okay. thing is with the, the Targaryens and Caraxes, I think it's funny because he's a long boy. So if you look he at is. him, like his neck is super long and his tail is super long. So all the Targaryens, when they uh, were babies, they put the eggs yes. in their cradle and they hatch. So, but I guess there's some Targaryens or like Valerians. So I guess like with Lena, how she's asking, and I love this little scene. So um, sorry, we're going all over the place, but just watch the show. It's only two episodes on HBO Max. Well, she asks about Vagar, which was Visenya's dragon. So Vagar is like the second oldest dragon because Balerion's passed away, but Vagar was one of his two sisters' wife's dragons, and she's still alive. And the way they describe her in the books is like, you know, she's so huge that a horse can gallop down her gullet, and her roar is so loud it shakes storms in, but... Vagar does make an appearance in the Dance of Dragons during that time period she has two different riders which is really badass and they did show a sneak peek of her and she's like the huge green dragon yeah oh my god and she doesn't even hang out in the dragon pits because she's too big yeah she's too big and so I was like already getting excited about that I guess I didn't realize Damon had a dragon so that's why I thought that was her showing up and I was like did she just show up for the party 
in a liner oh, so yeah. with Damon. But I didn't realize that he... I thought only, like, the princes yeah. and the princesses would get it. But I guess he's a prince, technically. Yeah, he is. He's... Well, back as you already know, because I know you're really yeah. into, like... I forgot what the actual study of, like, royals is. But other than history... Monarchy? God. Royal yeah. history? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Is there... Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's a specific name Is there a specific... Yeah, because I know you know a lot about, like, the English kings and queens. And I think anyone who's interested in, like, history, uh, if they if they really love history and they read Game of Thrones, they'll see these, like, parallels. Because oh, yeah. Game of Thrones is very loosely based on the War of the Roses. It is. As, yeah. And so you see these things pop up time and again. But um, with the Dance of Dragons, what I was about to say, you do see uh, Daemon at the end of episode one with uh, Caraxes because he's petting him and he introduces his like paramour to him. Do you remember that? The end of the episode where he's like yeah. petting him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's his, that's his baby that he, I guess, has been paired with his whole life basically. So. And this show seems to be already i think it's got like season two game of thrones quality already because they already have most of the sets built they've got they know what the costumes are going to look like they know what they know how to do the hair they know how to do the dragons they how to do all that stuff and they've cast it really well including graham mctavish from outlander oh i I know it's so funny I love him. Yeah. He's great. He's fantastic. I'm he just is. glad he has, like, another job. <laughs> like, it's nice to see him in another show because he's a good actor. He's in a lot of stuff, but I just like oh, seeing him and stuff. So he he will be appearing in the Outlander coming seasons. And it may be a little bit of a spoiler if I go to that. But, yeah, Graham, yeah, I think behind, Graham will. So. Yeah, Graham will be definitely in the returning seasons. I can't tell you how. But, yeah, but we I love Graham. And even, um, it's really funny because we were talking about Clamlands, uh, the TV show me and my husband were the other day and I said I love Sam Hewen he's absolutely adorable Sam obviously plays Jamie but I said it's so funny because like Graham is like very smart and you feel like constantly Sam is trying to steal attention from Graham right and clan lands and i'm just like sam stop let graham do his thing too right so. also he voices Vlad Dracula in Castlevania, the Netflix oh. series, which I was like, I feel like he's he does a really good voice acting. I think yeah. I think that's the main Dracula. So we've been talking for like fifty minutes about Game of Thrones. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we go on to something else? No, I'll get. I do want to say so it's not housekeeping next week. You asked me if Fire and Blood ended yes. with uh, Daenerys. I actually uh, switched up a the World of Ice and Fire and Fire mm-hmm. and Blood. So no, oh, okay. the World of Ice and Fire it ends with like King Robert Baratheon and obviously the book is being dedicated to his son Joffrey funny enough but the last (laughs) illustrated page yeah the, yeah, but the last illustrated page is of Daenerys so I was thinking that Fire and Blood actually does end shortly after the Dance of Dragons but that's because it's a huge fucking book and I never knew this until after the end of it but he plans to publish a Fire and Blood part 2 Oh, well, they already renewed this for a second season because apparently it almost broke HBO Max when it was premiering, which is great. Hilarious. And one last thing, and then we're moving on. Speaking of Joffrey Baratheon, congratulations to Jack Gleason, who just married his longtime girlfriend. Good for him. Yeah, and that's the end of my Game of Thrones. (laughs) Speaking of HBO Max, they had... 
a movie that I was very excited to watch in like 2020, 2021, and then I didn't watch because I got really bad reviews. And we talked about doing it on the podcast, but it's finally on HBO Max, and I watched it. I watched Antlers. Oh, yeah. Have you seen it yet? I have not. Okay, I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's a good version of a spooky movie about a north american what do you call it crypto cryptid cryptid real quick i did read the short stories based on oh yeah yeah, you did yeah and the short story is really good so spoiler alert it's about a wendigo and so i like the the makeup job on the infected people very good the acting by Jesse Plemons, of course, and Carrie Russell and uh, Lucas Weaver, who played the little boy, very good. Um, they even had Graham Greene, who he is a Native American actor who was in most recently the thing that I saw him in was Wind River, which is really good. But he years ago was in was on that show Northern Exposure, and he was in Dances with Wolves and The Green Mile, and I feel like he was in a movie we covered because I know we've talked about him before, but I can't remember which one. But he also like was in it in a smaller part, and he did a good job. But like it's okay. Like I thought it was pretty good. You know, the ending was kind of meh. But I thought it was a good scary movie. I don't, it's not like Midsummer Hereditary, but like yeah. it's solid. So I would say, like, we could probably, I thought it was going to be bad because people were like disappointed, but I think it's because people were waiting to see it for a long time because it got postponed due to COVID. So I feel like maybe that's why, but I actually yeah. thought it was pretty okay. Wasn't the best movie I've ever seen, but I thought it delivered. And I, there were some parts that genuinely spooked me out and it was very visceral like there was a lot of like body horror going on which really like got under my skin so i was like we could maybe do it in the future like i don't think it would be a bad thing to do in the future i think it's it's better than i expected after hearing all these people say it was terrible it's not i also because i watched i watched a ton of stuff so brett and i had total opposite two weeks because i think last episode i hadn't watched a lot of stuff and you had watched a ton but for some reason, yeah. I just had a lot of time on my hands the last week. So on Netflix, there's this movie, and I meant to suggest it as next week's movie, but I'm really excited we're doing Master, so I'm not that upset that I didn't say it. But it's called. it has a weird title called Incident in a Ghost Land. Have you seen Interesting. it Interesting. I have not. So I think it was released in like 2018. And I don't want to spoil anything because I think we could do this on the podcast. I think it's one. If we're going to do it on the podcast, guys, we, we're not going to. We're going to try really hard not to spoil too much if we've yeah. seen it. Because like, you know, that's the episode to spoil it. But basically, it reminds me a lot of like high tension in parts, but it's not quite as visceral as that is. It's not as gross out, but it's kind of like... like like a survival horror but the way the story is told is a little convoluted and mm. it, it's got some psychological twists and turns that i liked like genuinely there it's not that i couldn't see it coming but it genuinely was done in a smart way however the quote-unquote villains of this film are kind of I don't know if they're treated very well. And I haven't, I tried to look it up and see if anyone else kind of felt this way. But like one of them is a person who obviously is on the lower intellectual scale and has some physical deformities. So already I'm like, okay, that's a little bit of a trope that I thought we were done with in like, you know, 2003. And then the other one is, I think, 
what they're trying to imply is that is a transgender woman. But sometimes mm. they call them a man and sometimes they call them a woman. So I'm not really sure what the intention is. And they're both villainized. And I mean, they're bad people. But the way they're villainized, I'm like, ugh, like it's a little problematic. But I'm not really sure what the intention is behind it. And I thought this movie was older than it is. I thought it was like a 2007 movie. Because I'd heard of it, but I couldn't remember when the first time I'd heard of it was. And I think it was released in like 2018. Which to me seems a little bit not okay. Yeah, 2018. But also, one of the main actresses got a huge, like, scar on her face because, like, they slammed her face into glass. And she was told it was, like, she was supposed to slam her face against a glass window. And they were told it was safe, but it broke. And so she now has a really bad scar on her face, and she had to sue them for it. But it's the director of Martyrs, the original Martyrs. Oh. And I want to see, one day we'll do Martyrs when we feel traumatized enough, I guess. But... Um, or or willing to traumatize ourselves. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's enough in it that I feel like we could talk about it for a long time, if that makes sense. But yeah. I'm curious what... And again, this is, like, another, like, French <laughs> director. It's, like, Gaspar Noé. It's, like, are you trying to be problematic? Are you so beyond thinking about being problematic because you that it didn't even cross your mind that it could be problematic you know what i mean like i don't know him well enough to know that i know that martyrs was such a big hit and i know he hasn't had a lot of big hits but this one was received okay Mm -hmm. it wasn't like the worst it wasn't the best but like it's only got like a 59 or 50 something on Rotten Tomatoes yeah 55 Mm. but it's got a 6.4 on IMDb which is not terrible that's not terrible but yeah I did watch that uh let's see would you rather hear about a k-drama that I watched or two really bad romance movies that I watched oh How about the K-drama? So I've been watching Kingdom, which is not a K-drama. Well, I guess it is, but in a different sense. But I have been wanting to watch, like, a Korean drama. Like, especially those romance ones. Like, because I like... What is the kind of anime that I like? Show... Oh, Shogun. Shoujo. 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 I was like, that's Shogun. Yeah. That's different. Shoujo. That's Shoujo, yeah. Yeah, Shoujo. Like, you know, like the cute little romantic ones. Like, I like them. And so I was like, well, you know, I want to kind of like just watch something enjoyable. And this one is a Netflix K-drama called It's Okay Not To Be Okay. Or To Not Be Okay. I think the original title is Psycho, but It's Okay, which is not a very... PC title if you watch the show. But I get what they're saying. It's framed in almost like a Tim Burton-esque fairy tale animation. Like the show isn't animated, but the first the first part of the show is like a story. So one of the main characters is a, a children's author of like very like very Tim Burton kind of like dark children's tales. And she, because she had a really traumatic childhood... And she tells a story about the this witch, this beautiful witch, and this little boy, like, when they were children, who fell in love with her. And then she, like, ripped butterflies apart and said, do you still love me? And it scared him away, which is really terrifying. But it's, it's yeah. animated gorgeously. And so it fast forward. And much like, you know, Korean film where it kind of, like, 
teeters on being like horror or comedy or drama or whatever. This show is like part horror because the two main characters is the uh, the children's book author who had a traumatic childhood and she now is very narcissistic and she's has an antisocial personality disorder but she's also like very rude and lonely but she writes these beautiful children's books and she's very successful and she crosses paths with this um, very hardworking, optimistic guy who works in a psychiatric hospital who has a brother who suffers with autism. And I should say suffer. Like, you know, he, he has autism and mm-hmm. his favorite author is the woman. And I think it's implied that they knew each other as children, but I'm only like three, ep- three or four episodes in. And this is like them running into each other again. But it's very much like haters to lovers kind of thing. But basically like she causes a scene at his hospital while she's guest speaking there. And this patient tries to, or this patient's dad who suffers from mental health issues is going to take his life and his daughter's life, which is very dramatic, so they could be together, and she stops that. But then she almost stabs the guy, and so the 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 nice guy, like, stops her from stabbing him by, like, just holding the knife with his hand, which is very dramatic. Yeah. But then there's, like, scenes, like, when the brother... The brothers are going to a signing, a book signing. He's so excited to see his favorite author that he goes into, like, this fantasy land where he's just, like, skipping. And, like, there's, like, dancing things around him. And it's very funny and very cute and, like, joyful. So it's all kinds of that. But it's very, like, it shows a balance between intense psychological themes and then romantic interludes and then humor. And it's very entertaining. And they do manage to work in dialogues about interpersonal relationships, mental health care, and mysterious murders because the the brother's mom died mysteriously and there was something traumatic with butterflies. So the mm. the, the older brother, who's the one um, who has autism, he is terrified of butterflies. So they move towns every spring to stay away from the butterflies. And then oh. the little girl ripped the butterfly wings off. So I'm like, did she murder their mom? But I think they're setting up you to think that she murdered the mom. And it's actually this other girl who's a friend of theirs from childhood who's in love with the guy and used to be best friends with her when they were children. I don't know. That was very convoluted. It's very, it's all over the place because it's it's one of these shows like it'll be going one direction one minute and another, but it's only 16 episodes and it got really good reviews in 2020 when it came out. So it's like a cute, it's cute. It's cute, but it also deals with like mental health and, you know, love in all kinds of ways and um taking care of each other and unlike that weird music movie like he actually does take care of his brother and they don't treat him like even though he loves a children's author she's not like it's not it's it's very like higher it's like shell silverstein kind of children's author yeah higher education for children like she's not you know she's a good author she just happens to but he's also the brother is also an aspiring illustrator. So he like draws pictures that go with her books. Anyways, it's it's interesting. Also watch that terrible Purple Hearts movie on Netflix. 
And it was oh, it was that's so interesting. Bad. I never seen it, but I think I had someone on my Facebook that was raving about it, and I was it's like, I s- red flags all over the place. Oh, interesting. all okay. over the place. Like it is such a problematic relationship, and like it's so bad because this girl. Okay, so this, we're definitely not covering this on the podcast. It's awful, but it's funny to laugh. It's okay. It's funny until like somebody dies because it, it's about a military spouse relationship. So of course someone dies in action and then it's sad but then like the movie's not very good so it's hard to take it seriously and like which is bad because like that is sad no matter what but like it's not a good movie and they don't handle it very well so this girl is like an aspiring rock star and she's got this band she's also diabetic and because she's a struggling artist she can't get her insulin prescription refilled in time and so she passes out and she has a friend from high school who's in the armed forces and his roommate is the guy that she eventually falls in love with spoilers in this movie and the the friend of her friend from high school is like i'm just too good he apparently used to be a drug addict and he owes a drug dealer a ton of it's very dramatic it's like a romance novel he owes a drug dealer a bunch of money but he joined the army so he could pay it off after he went to rehab so he needs to pay off the drug dealer she needs much she needs to get insurance so she can get her insulin because her insurance sucks and she goes to her best guy friend the roommate of the guy she eventually gets in a relationship with and he she's like will you marry me so i can like we're not actually going to have a relationship but can we get married so I can use your insurance and you can get the extra money because you get like extra money if you are a spouse like and your spouse is deployed. So he's like, I'm dating my girlfriend from high school. So that would be weird. She's like, oh, darn. But then the other guy, so he goes, okay, I'll do it. So they hate each other, but they get married. And it's just red flags all over the place. Like, they have sex the first night. They're lying to everybody in their life, for one. So that's red flag number one. For two, they sleep together the first night, even though it's not supposed to be a romantic relationship. And then, like, he pieces out and pretends it didn't happen. And then, again, they're just lying to everybody about everything the whole time. He doesn't tell her about the drug dealer. And then the drug dealer starts showing up at her house. And she's like, who the fuck is this? Like, it's all kinds of and then, of course, like, the best friend who's about to propose to his girlfriend and lets them borrow his engagement ring so they can get married. He's like, hold on to it for me while I'm deployed. He dies when the husband gets wounded in action. And so then she's, like, taking care of him. And then it's more lies. And then... I will say the only good thing I thought was they actually have to go to court martial and one of them has to do time for lying about their wedding. But of course they love each other by that point. So then of course the end. Oh, and she becomes a pop star by writing songs about him being deployed. So yeah. And the music's okay, I guess. But it's bad and the dialogue's horrible. And it's really not good. And I'm sorry, if you really like this movie, that's fine. It just really wasn't well written. And I just, like, I've read so many romance novels, and this is, like, C-tier romance novel writing. This is, like, Fabio would be on the cover. Which is not well written, but, like, Mm. hot, I guess. And the only other show I watched, which I just watched today, was The Patient on Hulu, which is an FX series starring Steve Carell. 
as a oh yeah I did saw you watch that. oh it's trailer. actually it's really good no i'm sorry i'm sorry i i, I had a pause oh, I saw no, the trailer. i'm so sorry <laughs> our friend uh who i think will come on the show eventually sarah texted me a she she loves the office her husband loves the office Brittany's office, Taylor's office, everyone in my life loves the office, but she's one of the biggest office nuts I know. And so she sent me a like a Michael Scott meme. And I was like, oh, I actually just watched it. She's like, me too, it's great. And so I watched the show and it's he's a widowed therapist, and it seems like it's a recent widowing. And he has this patient who kidnaps him because he has a compulsion to kill people and he wants him to help him stop killing people and just regular therapy wasn't doing the job. So he kidnaps him and shackles him to a bed in his basement. And it's Dom Hall Gleason who was in the Harry Potter movies as one of the lovely, lovely, oh, I'm sorry, Weasley children. And um, yeah. he also was an ex machina, which is great. Which he looks very different in this show because he has like dark hair. He sounds very different too, which obviously he doesn't have a British accent in this. But oh, I'm sorry, he's actually Irish. I'm so sorry, Dom Hall Gleason. Um, and his dad is Brendan Gleason who played Mad Eye Moody, which I always thought that was cute that they're both in them he was in about time yes, too yeah right it's been years yeah okay but, oh and he was general hux in some of the star wars movies he was the guy that was ah. like he hated kylo he's been a lot of stuff and i think he's a good actor so and steve carell is phenomenal steve carell has a really good dramatic turn yeah oh but i forgot i watched the orphan new kill oh i forgot kill. that one was on i totally I forgot. couldn't watch they them or the other one that i wanted to watch that was on peacock um so i watched it it's bad but it's not it's not like the worst thing but i haven't even seen the first orphan because it's not streaming anywhere and every time i'm like in the mood for it it's not streaming i'm like i don't care about it enough to pay for it but like it's not good it's really not good i will say they made the actress look like she is believably like 14 yeah so that was a good job like she has great skincare, or they have really good makeup artists. It was not Dear Evan Hansen creepy. But Julia Stiles is in it, weirdly. And the the guy that plays the brother looks like the holding out for a hero guy on Euphoria. And I don't think it is. But Ethan? he reminded me of him. Yeah. No, I no, it's not the same guy. He just kind of looks like Ethan. In the movie, he doesn't really none of his headshots look like the same. But like in the movie, the way they have him dressed and the way they have his hair done looks like Ethan, specifically when he was like the second season. Yeah. So it's it's not but it's it's streaming on I think it was Amazon Prime early access or it might be Shudder. But also Shudder is streaming Watcher, which is for like it's early access. which i guess they're starting to do that which is really cool because that's one that has the girl the lead from it follows oh the guest that fucking plays jade and it follows oh is it micah 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 it's yeah micah micah monroe okay yeah micah monroe and carl glusman glusman who i think was in neon demon i think he was the photographer that fell in love with the main character but she was like no thank you I'm going to not date you and hang out with these chicks. But it's streaming on Shudder with early access, which that's a movie I've been looking forward to because I love her. 
and it looks really interesting. It's like her return to horror. And then Orphan First Kill is streaming on Paramount Plus for early access. But you can't stream Orphan, but you really don't have to. It probably makes it scarier, but I don't know if it does. I don't know. Did you think it was a good horror movie? Orphan, it wasn't like one of my favorites, but it was enjoyable when I saw it. I love Vera Farmiga and she was in it. She plays the mom. Well, she is great. Yeah, and she's really, really good in it. And I, I think it was I think it was good. It was interesting and it kept my attention. It wasn't one of my favorites ever, but I mean, I've, I've watched it more than once. So yeah, I would say I liked it. The only cool thing I liked about Orphan First Kill was, and if you're a true crime aficionado, you probably recognize this but they kind of confirm the writer's theory about the jean benet ramsey murder mm. because the big tw- i'm gonna spoil this spoiling it because it's not that good the big twist on it is that she's trying to play the family so it's a rich well wealthy family the dad is like an artist and he's been really depressed ever since their youngest child uh girl named esther disappeared and the mom goes to pick you know lena who is pretending to be esther up from europe when she says oh i was kidnapped and sold into like sex slavery in europe that's why and she's only been gone for four years but she's completely developed an estonian accent okay and the mom doesn't seem to notice or care and like the psychiatrist is like kind of weird that she has an accent now when she's saying she's like you know she's had a hard life so we're just gonna be okay with it and you think the mom's like just cool well a detective is figuring out that she's not who she says she is and so she sneaks out of the house and murders the detective and the mom follows her there and this is julia styles plays the mom and the mom's like i just always have to clean up after my children and so she tells her that the son the older brother presumably accidentally but maybe not accidentally killed his little sister and they hit they covered it up and then they just said that she got kidnapped yeah which is the big theory that people have i don't know if this is true obviously this is alleged but the jean benet ramsey case a lot of evidence points to the older brother i think accidentally hitting her too hard when they were fighting and knocking her unconscious and then the parents strangled her well because there's like she was also strangled but like her head anyways it's very sad yeah but they like the big theory is that the brother accidentally killed her or she died from an injury sustained while they were fighting and the parents covered it up because they didn't want to lose both children and they thought you know if we say that she died as a result of him killing her accidentally, even if it's an accident, like, they're afraid he'd go off to prison or, I mean, he was a child or, like, juvenile prison and, like, it would ruin his life. So they wrote the ransom letter and all that stuff. That's alleged. Nobody really, kn- nobody knows. Yeah. You know, but that to me has always been the most plausible option. But I was going to give, I was going to give some very quick movie stuff um once again we are filming yes. on wednesday august 31st by the time this got this episode will air we are looking forward to um blonde which is once again um the marilyn monroe yes. kind of biopic based on the joyce carol oates novel it's going to be two hours and like 47 minutes long it has an nc-17 rating there's a lot of early um awards talks for this movie but it's premiering on thursday september 8th um if you guys want something a little more light-hearted thor <laughs> love and thunder is also premiering on thursday september 8th on disney plus so that's two yes. major movies that are going to be available to stream yeah 
We talked a little bit about this in our Prey episode. Um, We basically barely touched on it, but the teaser for the new Hellraiser film has dropped. It will premiere October 7th. I need to watch it. Yes. That's what I need to watch. It's just like, like, I was like, what teaser was I going to watch? It's a little bitty baby teaser, and it's basically just showing Hellraiser, and you see Pinhead, who's actually played by a girl, and I wish I wrote down her name, but it's a woman Pinhead. We've definitely mentioned her on an episode, because we talked about this, so. Yeah. Somewhere on an episode, yeah, you mentioned her name because I'm pretty sure I looked her up and said her name out loud. So and yeah, because I was curious. Yeah, and so I think it's very interesting because I totally completely forgot that it was a it was going to be a female pinhead until that was like, oh shit, yeah, I completely forgot about that aspect of this film. Um, but once again, October seventh is the magic date for that one. It will be a Hulu exclusive. So Empire of Light dropped this trailer. It's the new Sam Mendes film. Sam Mendes, of course, being the director of American Beauty, Skyfall, most recently 1917. In this movie, though, Empire of Light, it's starring Olivia Coleman, Colin Firth, and my our Michelle Ward. Um, it's set in the early 1980s in English seaside town and so i saw this trailer and i was like oh my god this is like it looks like an award-winning movie like just by the trailer you get these feels sometimes when you see these movie trailers it's absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. but i heard the music i was like god i love this music already and of course the music is composed by trent reznor atticus ross and i was like oh yes i'm so excited oh i love him it's gonna be released on december 9th so peak award season and with its director and actors it already seems perfect fodder for the award season so very excited about this one broker which is a cons winner starting song kang ho we have talked about this yeah um, now has an official theater release date of december 26th another award season candidate it won the ecumenical award jury award at cons which i did not know this until i was reading about this movie which honors works of quality which touch the spiritual dimension of our assistance how cool is that and of course it also won the best actor award for song kang ho so I thought that was cool because now we can officially look forward to seeing it in U.S. theaters on December 26th. And maybe he'll get nominated for an Academy Award. I think like he probably should have been it's for. It's very, I think it's, you know, my thing is I looked up, I didn't want to ruin the movie for me, but I've read the synopsis for it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I, I could see, I could see it possibly. I haven't seen the film yet, but just based on what I've read about it. Yeah, I think it, it definitely has the um, qualities for I know it's about baby boxes, Mm -hmm. like people who like anonymously drop off babies. Which is very sad. Yeah. But I think, I think, and this is just me guessing, I assume he's a broker of babies. Yeah, it's pretty much him and a friend sell babies on the black market. And I don't want to give away any more than that. Also, Old Boy is coming to theaters next year. Yay! Yay for its 20th anniversary. The original one, not the remake. And hopefully, maybe we can go see it and maybe we'll actually be able to review it when we can go see it and people have the opportunity because I've seen it like three times at least. I'm sure you've seen it multiple times, Britt. I I actually, I uh, stumbled across it. I think it was on Independent Film Channel way back in the day, like the maybe like 2006 or seven. I remember watching it thinking, this movie's fucking nuts. But... The ending was spoiled for me because of Bravo's Hunter Scary Movie Moments. So, yeah. So, that was spoiled for me. But I still loved it. 
I still loved it. I thought it's it so was great. genius filmmaking. I still think of like the video game scene where he's just like beating the guys off and it's almost like a classic yeah. arcade scene. The way it's filmed, I love it. That reminds me, since you brought up Park Chan-woo's decision to leave is already getting a lot of early awards buzz. His next Oh yeah, he has a new movie yeah, out. Yeah, Decision to Leave. So I guess we'll be seeing that and one this fall too. Does that Bong Joon-ho have a new one out? He's working on one. It's the Rob Pat movie. He's working on it. It's production. Is he a production or post-production now right okay because that's what we I re- why did i think he he released one but maybe i was getting confused with maybe there was just a picture of him with song kang ho and i assumed yeah they were working on something together because they collaborate a lot yeah but song kang ho has also been he was in thirst with park chang wook yeah that's true park chan wook i'm sorry yeah park chan wook uh decision to leave which sounds like a kind of mystery thriller because it's about a detective that falls yes, in love with a young widow yeah so, but that's getting a lot of talk, which is really cool. I'm excited about Decision to Leave, too. My third and final movie I'm going to bring up. So, uh, Next Exit, starring Raul Coley, which I think we all love because of The Haunting of uh, Bly Manor and Midnight Mass. Um, but him and an actress named Katie Parker, who I will admit I'm not familiar with, um, have started this movie next exit it premiered at tribeca film festival just this past june it's scheduled to be released in november it's getting pretty good early reviews and the wiki synopsis is a scientific study allows people to commit suicide painlessly with the knowledge that afterlife assists so two ready to die strangers oh. yeah two ready to die strangers randomly end up sharing a rental car for a cross country trip to their appointments so i thought it was more of like a philosophical buddy type film but i guess there's like horror elements to it too from what I'm understanding. Oh. Yeah. Very, oh. very intriguing. But yeah, that's that's what I got. So I figure I would just share a little bit of things coming up to look forward to. Yes. November, December is like my favorite. I just said it with a really weird accent. I'm sorry, guys. November and December. Um, we're going to shut it down. But we'll be back next week with Master. Starring, Regi- I almost said Regina King. It's Regina Hall. Um, and Amber Gray on Amazon Prime. Sorry, it's been a long day. Um, so be sure to watch that one before next week's episode. And we hope you listened to the episode on Prey last week. Uh, but, you know, wash your hands, take vitamins, love your fur babies. And I guess if you have real children, that too. And get ready for spooky season! Because it's spooky season, and you know what comes after spooky season? Election season. So be sure to vote. <laughs> and and, and uh, vote in your primaries. And vote. I think primaries are over now. But vote. It's, it's midterm elections. It's very important. And vote for people who will keep a lookout for people that need help. But yes, uh, be good to one another. Take care of one another. Bodily autonomy is very important. So... Both for those people, too. But we love you guys, and y'all are awesome. And get ready for spooky season, because it's almost here. Yeah, guys, thank you all so much for listening. We love each and every one of you. This is a good reminder. Drink some water. Stay hydrated. It's still very hot. Uh, it is miserable coming to and from work, especially and like the late afternoon it's definitely stay de- stay hydrated um wear your sunscreen take care of those babies those fur babies and as i like to creepily call them skin babies um we love you all very very much thank you for the constant support and as always we just look forward to seeing you next time same spoopy time same spoopy channel say spoopy y'all night everybody Oh, <laughs> 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 <laughs>
The Grindhouse Girls podcast is a production by Katie Dale and Britt Ray. Our editor is N.R. Moody. All music used is royalty-free and can be found in our annotations. You can follow us on all of our socials. And if you have any comments, questions, or just want to say hey, our email is contactus at grindhousegirlspod.com. Thanks for listening.